Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. They did not cry out in this, but God yet delivered them and raised up a deliverer. And unlike the other deliverers, what's interesting about Samson is that he was really a lone ranger, meaning that he didn't have some big army like the others, like Gideon, uh, like Jephthah, like others before him. There was no big army going against another army. It was one man... One man, a lone ranger, a lone wolf, if you will, going against and really harassing the Philistines and really keeping their attention on him, rather. Welcome, everyone, to our Bible study on Truth in Christ Radio. As we begin chapter 13 of the book of Judges, our scripture says, Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. The cycle of sin, bondage, repentance, deliverance, blessing, and sin again continue in the history of Israel. Into these times was born the next judge of Israel, Samson. Samson was truly a man of his times. He was a man of great strengths and great weaknesses. He was a picture of Israel's history both during this period and generally. A picture of great heights and deep lows. Are you caught in a cycle of sin and bondage? Let's join Pastor Rob for today's study. Open up your Bibles to Judges chapter 13. Judges chapter 13. We're going to be looking tonight at the very last of the seven periods, the seventh period, which is the last period of the time of the Judges in the book of Judges. And it is centered around a very unique character, and you all know his name. His name is Samson. And Samson is an interesting uh, character uh, as the last judge uh, of Israel. Uh, Samson was... was, um, he was a very unpredictable man. He was double-minded <laughs> in spite of his great strength, at least physically. Uh, Samson was very weak in other areas. And this is a something that we always have to be careful about. You know, you, can, you can't judge a book by its outward cover because the outward cover can be weak. The outward cover could be strong. But what happens inside the moral fabric or the moral character of a person is something that none of us can see. Only God can see that. And Samson was one of those people. He was a man who probably looked uh, uh, very strong on the external But we know that morally he was uh, very weak on the inside, very weak. And and as we go through these four chapters, which, you know, there's a lot of ink in the Bible given to Samson. And I think that there's a reason for that, especially as 
uh, in the time of the judges, as things just continued to decay and decay and decay, as, as they got away from the Lord, they began to entertain idols uh, from, uh, from other uh, nations. They began and continued in idolatry, and they never really stamped it out completely. They never really repented of that. And we see in the life of Samson a very weak man, but very strong in the physical. And so God looks on the inside, doesn't he? He doesn't look on the outside as much as we do, unfortunately. So Samson was, um, was an interesting character, and he exemplifies uh, the Scripture in many ways. There's a, a, a phrase or a, a Scripture in Numbers, in chapter 32, verse 23, it says, And be sure your sin will find you out. And, and that is true for any person. Whenever we entertain sin and whenever we continue in something long enough it becomes more ingrained in us and if we do not repent of that sin it becomes more a part of us and then we start to lose even the 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 fear of god we start to lose the 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 conviction any longer because we justify the sin and in justifying it we dull our senses and we get like samson was and 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 he ended terribly it was a terrible a way to end a life that could have been so much different. You know, God had a plan for him. And even from while he was still in his mother's womb, you know, the Bible says that he was a Nazarite from his mother's womb. And we'll talk about what that is. And there's also another verse that exemplifies his life, and that is, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, The wages of sin, it's a universal scripture. It's a universal law. The wages of sin is death. What you get for a wage, for, for sinning, your wage is death. And, uh, but the gift of God, notice it's a gift. A wage is something you earn, but a gift is something you're freely given, isn't it? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so you can see, do, do you want to receive a gift or do you want to work at a wage? Do you want to work for a, a wage to earn something? And, of course, we do that in the world to make money, but morally, the, the wages of sin is always death. It's always death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So we see that in the life of Samson. And Samson, again, is uh, even though he was a deliverer uh, for the children of Israel, we see him as being uh, very similar to Lot, who you remember was Abraham's nephew, who was very comfortable in Sodom and Gomorrah, very comfortable living among a group of people that were engaged in homosexuality and every sexual sin under the earth, under the sun. They were, they were masters at it, and they were very um, flagrant about it, and there was no restraint at all. Uh, and the Bible says that, that by being there, that Lot's righteous soul was vexed daily by their deeds. And so why is it that a man would stay in a place like that? Why, why would he find comfort in a place like that? Even if the money was good, even if the job was there, there comes a point where you have to kind of look at the whole picture and say, is this really worth it for my family? My, my daughters are living in this culture. Is it really worth it? My wife is living in this culture. Is it worth it? I'm living in this culture. Is it worth it? And those are very good questions to ask. And so... Uh, Samson was one of these men who was very weak in his morality, weak in his flesh. But let's go ahead and look at chapter 13, and let's read through it, and then we're going to go back and take a look at it. And um, so, 
It says again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for forty years. Now there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink, and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the child will be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So the woman came, the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me. And his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God, very awesome. But I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name. And he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. Now drink no wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. And then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O my God, O my Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come to us again and teach us what we shall do for the child who shall be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah. And the angel of God came to the woman again as she was sitting in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. Then the woman ran in haste and told her husband and said to him, Look, the man who came to me the other day has now just appeared to me. So Manoah arose, and he followed his wife. And when he came to the man, he spoke to him, and he said, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. Manoah said, Now let your words come to pass. What will be the boy's rule of life and his work? So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. She may not eat anything that comes from the vine, nor may she drink wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean. All that I commanded her, let her observe. And then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Please let us detain you, and we will prepare a young goat for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Though you detain me, I will not eat your food. But if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know he was the angel of the Lord. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, What is your name, that when your words come to pass, we may honor you? And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? So Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered it upon the rock uh, to the Lord. And he did a wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife looked on. It happened as the flame went up toward heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. And when Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. When the angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and his wife, then Manoah threw or knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die because we have seen God. But his wife said to him, If the Lord had desired to kill us, he would have not accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering from our hands. Nor would he have shown us all these things, nor would he have told us such things as this at this time. So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson, and the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Mahanay Dan between Zorah and Eshtaol. Let's go back now to the first verse here. And we're just going to look at chapter 13 tonight. Um, 
So let's, uh, let's again look at verse 1. It says, Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Remember, it, it, it seems like a, a cycle. It's an ungodly, un, un, unfortunate cycle that the children of Israel had gotten into. There would be a time where they would repent of their sin, and then God would, um, uh, or, or God, they would cry out to the Lord. The Lord would raise up a deliverer. The Lord would deliver them from their enemy, and then the Israelites would slide back into sin again, and then they'd be captured by their enemies or oppressed by their enemies, and then they would cry out to God, and then God would raise up a deliverer and deliver them. And this kind of thing kept going on and on. And it, it's an unfortunate thing, isn't it, that we as people, for some reason, we just we, we don't always learn. We don't always learn from what we read. And, and I, I would encourage you, as, as you read the Bible and as we read this, let it really sink into you that, you know, we're really no different than, than, than any of these people. Uh, the Bible says that He fashions, God fashions our hearts alike. And so the, the things that I struggle with are probably the same things you struggle with. And we all are of like passions. We are all of like minds at some point. We all desire the same things eventually. And so uh, it's important that we keep our eyes on the Lord. But the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And it's interesting that in this chapter, there's no mention of the Israelites crying out to the Lord. As we just read it, there's no mention of them crying out to the Lord as they did back in uh, Judges 10.10 when we looked at the life of, of Jephthah. You know, the, the children of Israel cried out and God delivered them and used Jephthah to throw off the oppression of the Ammonites and the Philistines. But they did not cry out in this, but God yet delivered them and raised up a deliverer. And unlike the other deliverers, what's interesting about Samson is that he was really a lone ranger, meaning that he didn't have some big army like the others, like Gideon, uh, like Jephthah, like others before him, there was no big army going against another army. It was one man, one man, a lone ranger, a lone wolf, if you will, going against and really harassing the Philistines and really keeping their attention on him, rather. And in doing so, it really kept uh, the, the, the major excursions down to a minimum because they were always uh, distracted, really, by Samson. And this phrase, uh, the children of Israel doing evil in the sight of the Lord, we, we looked at this last week, but it's mentioned eight times in seven verses in the book of Judges. Uh, eight times in seven chapters, or in seven verses, I'm sorry. And this is, um, this is one of them. And we know that the last place in Scripture that it said that they had done evil in the sight of the Lord was in Judges chapter 10, verse 6, just a few chapters ago when we were looking at the life of Jephthah and the children of Israel cried out. And it was for 31 years um, or earlier that the Bible says that they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. You know, So for 31 years from you know, the time of Jephthah up until this time, you know, uh, it has been 31 years. And so it's interesting how time, time can kind of settle you and time can lull you to sleep. Time can get you comfortable in the status quo. And I, I fear that the, the church in America, we are like that. We're, we're so used to the status quo that um, it takes something. It takes something to really shake us up. The last time I remember of us being shaken like we're shaken right now was back in 9-11. You know, and that was... You know, almost 20, that was 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago. 
and now we have this and and so let it uh let's awaken church let's awaken let's pray to god and say lord awaken us revive us do whatever you must do but get our you've got our attention help us now to to not allow this flame and, and fan the flame lord if our if our if our flame is just a flicker lord your word says that uh, a smoking flax you will not quench and a bruised reed you will not break and so whatever there is whatever is smoldering even in each of us lord would you fan it and would you would you bring it to a, a large flame and may we go out and share that with others with people everyone around us family friends co-workers people at Wegmans as you're waiting in line let that be the thing but they they did evil in the sight of the Lord. And you notice at the end of that verse, it says, And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. This was the longest time uh, in the book of Judges that the children of Israel were given over to a, a foreign group. And the Philistines, if you remember, was a, a people group that came from, we believe, the island of Crete out there in the Mediterranean, uh, just below Greece. There is an island called Crete. And... Uh, the Philistines uh, came from that area. In fact, in Genesis chapter 10, verses 6 through 14, we call it the Table of Nations, chapter 10. And it tells us that the uh, Philistines, they were, uh, they came from the, the, the line of Ham, uh, Ham. So we know Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Well, they came from Ham. So they were a non-Semitic people, meaning non-Shem people. People who came from the line of Shem were Semitic, hence the name Shemitic or Shem. But the Philistines were a non-Semitic people, and it tells us that they came down in like the 12th century uh, B.C. They came, and even earlier than that, actually, they came down to uh, Egypt. Egypt kicked them out, and then the Philistines went uh, further to the east and went up into the coast of what you and I now call the, 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 the coastal areas of Israel right there on the coast. And so that's where they really settled. And so for 40 years, you know, the, the, the word, the number 40 really speaks of trial and testing. Just as the children of Israel were in the desert for 40 years, God was going to allow the Philistines to really be a, a thorn in the side of Israel for 40 years. And the Philistines were a perennial enemy of Israel, and it would. Uh, and notice that it says, well, we just read it that that uh, Samson would begin to deliver the children of Israel out of the hands of the Philistines because it would take a lot more uh, effort even after Samson had passed from the scenes. We know that Samuel and Saul and certainly David would put a huge dent in the Philistine. Um, uh, nation, which God wanted to eradicate altogether. And, and even later on, uh, they were still battling them. But for the most part, they were subdued after David's reign to the most uh, part, or for the most part. So in verse 2, it says, Now there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. This land of, or this city of Zorah, is uh, the name of it literally means a place of hornets. And so uh, don't know what this place looked like, uh, but evidently they had a, a bee problem at some point. Uh, they needed to call in the fumigators and the insecticides and 
They need to call in those guys to take care of the, the hornets and the wasps. Uh, so, But this land, this place called Zora, was actually, if you were to look at uh, Jerusalem on the map and go immediately west, about 13 miles to the west, you would run into this area called Zora. And it was a town that originally belonged to the tribe of, of Judah, but later on was annexed to the tribe of Dan. And you can look at Joshua 15, verse 33, and that will uh, show how it originally belonged to the tribe of Judah when they first came into the land and they began to divvy up uh, the land. But later it was annexed to the tribe of Dan, and you can read about that in Joshua chapter 19, verse 40 and 41. And so these, uh, this land of, of Zorah, and it says that they were of the family of the Danites, uh, this man Zorah, or I'm sorry, the Manoah, excuse me, he was of the Danites, and whose name was Manoah. And you recall that the tribe of Dan was a, uh, one of the tribes that settled really on the western shore of, of the land of Israel that you and I would know today. And it was, there was a time when, when the tribe of Dan, that because of the Philistine activity all around them, a group of them broke off and started and went up north, actually north of the Sea of Galilee into uh, a town called Laish, uh, which is, uh, like I said, north of the Sea of Galilee. And, and they, they called the name of the city, they renamed it from Laish to Dan. And so there was a remnant that stayed down here. On, on the western shore, but there was a, also a, a good number of them that went north and they called it Dan. And it's interesting because we know that when Jeroboam became the king of the northern ten tribes, that one of the things that he did first was to create two centers of worship. One was in Bethel where he had a golden calf and a false altar, and also in the tribe or up in the city of Dan where there was also another altar where there was false idolatry and there was a golden calf up there. And uh, again, we, we just got back from Israel. Uh, it's, we haven't just got back. It's been uh, about two months now, I guess. But when we were over there, we went to that very place. And you can see the altar that is there that they worshipped on, and it's still there today. And so uh, this is where uh, much of the tribe of Dan uh, went to because of the Philistines. And so the Philistines were really a problem for them. And so let's go on in verse 3. It says, And so the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, to Manoah's wife, and said to her, Indeed, you are barren and have become and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. And we have looked at this in, in weeks past, but just to quickly recap, this idea of the angel of the Lord uh, this is a, a theophany or a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ, meaning we know that Jesus was born through the Virgin Mary and tabernacled really among us in human flesh. But before that event occurred, he existed always with the Father in eternity past. And so he, is the, he, is, he has always existed. But we know that there were times in Israel's history for reasons that only are known to God uh, and, and, and really just to keep his plan of redemption and his, his plan for his people uh, going forward, he would intervene at certain times in their history and kind of steer them in the right direction and bring them to task, actually, much of the time. And so the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman. And so this angel of the Lord, we see this 
the very first mention of this phrase, the angel of the Lord, is in Genesis chapter 6. And you recall that when Abram went into Sarai's uh, handmaiden, Hagar, remember, and she bore a son, and they named his son uh, uh, Ishmael, that Sarah became jealous. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Judges. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.